And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All across America we are. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen overnight. We'll get to the debt ceiling, even though there's nothing really to uh, report, except the Democrats keep screaming default and... and that one word is a lie because mm. it's not going to be any default. It's not, not going to happen. It's not going to. I mean, it's it's amazing that it keeps going on, uh, and yet we know there's not going to be any default. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the Treasury Secretary said, "Well, no, we're we're going to pay off, you know, any bonds that come due." Yeah. Well, then there's not going to be a default. Right. We can't let us default. I just happen. told you it's not going to be a default. Right. Why do you keep saying there's going to be a default when there's not going to be a default? Right. And you keep saying it. And this isn't the first time it's been said every time we've reached this point in any type of uh, debt ceiling increase. Yeah. And we've said the exact same thing. It's not going to be a default. Not going to be a default. The treasury, those treasury secretaries at that time said, no, we'll pay off the interest and the principal that comes due on those bonds. And then we reissue more bonds. And so the principal then is taken up again. And mm-hmm. what we're actually paying is just the interest on it. Right. And as we brought you since uh, the roughly the average of interest owed in the in the first quarter was roughly about $65 billion a month. And since we're pulling in between, I don't know, anywhere between... Uh, what was it? Uh, three hundred and and five hundred billion in revenue. Mm-hmm. We have the money to pay the interest on the debt. Mm-hmm. We're not defaulting. Stop it. Right. So we'll get to that coming up here in a little bit. But I want to just. I thought this was really interesting yesterday. London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco, was out there. Uh, you know, uh, you know, at uh, some of the worst parts of the downtown area, saying that uh, we've got to do something uh, different. We. We this this can't be allowed. We can't be doing this. And it was interesting because you had uh, Fox News cover it yesterday, and they brought on Michael Schellenberger. And you know Michael Schellenberger from the Twitter files. Mm-hmm. It's the same Michael Schellenberger. He's involved in a couple of things. He's been involved over the last year on talking about 
climate change. Now, he's somebody who believes man is affecting the climate, but he believes that just like Bjorn Lumberg, who believes that everything the Democrats are doing is wrong when it comes to climate change. All the wrong things. Uh, he's also a homeless advocate who believes that uh, what these cities like San Francisco and Portland are doing is the absolute opposite of what we should be doing for the homeless problem uh, in this country. Mm -hmm. When you hear him talk, it's like, I mean, he's a lifelong liberal. Doesn't really sound like it Hmm. at all. Uh, But he was a a guest on Fox News. I want to play just a little bit of the report that they did just so you can hear the context uh, uh, of it. And it starts out with uh, London Breed. It's really interesting what Schellenberger says because he's been following it. And he goes, she said the same thing a couple of years ago. And then he doesn't do anything about it. Right. Because this is what's going on. And then he's asked the question, well, why do they do that? Why does she say we're doing the wrong thing and then they continue to do the wrong thing? Right. This, but this is great. So I wanted to play. There's a, uh, you're going to hear some of the, uh, of London Breed, some of the anchors, and then Michael Schellenberger. Here we go. We can't keep speaking out of both sides of our mouth. On the one hand, we want change and we want to hold people accountable. And on the other hand, we're willing to let people get away with murder. So that is the mayor in San Francisco, London Breed, addressing the city's crime crisis. Uh, the Democrat tried to hold a meeting in a part of town known as an open-air drug market. The reception was not kind. Michael Schellenberg is the founder of Environmental Progress with us in New York. Nice to see you, sir. Thanks for coming to the East Coast. Good right? to be with you. Great to see you. Uh, yeah, the mayor also said compassion is killing people. Mm. We have to change what's happening. It's too easy to get drugs. They're dying under our watch. We have to do better. What we are doing is not working. So that's an admission, Michael. It is, although she said the exact same thing almost a year and a half ago and really didn't do anything. So this is a person that lacks leadership. I don't think there's any question that she's going to be voted out of office in a year and a half. Really? Yeah, I just think this, 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 this city is out of control. I mean, every time we think it's hit rock bottom, right. it discovers a new bottom. I mean, someone threw a brick at her yesterday and ended up hitting a high school student. Wow. Uh, they had to evacuate the mayor from the scene because it was so chaotic. This is in an open-air drug market where the, where the mayor herself had created a so-called supervised drug site that basically invited in drug dealers right across the street and allowed people to smoke fentanyl and meth in a city-supervised So why area. would she have an event there? I think that they're out to lunch. I think that they talk to themselves. They're in a bubble. They don't really understand how bad the situation is on the street. These are folks that don't actually go downtown anymore. I mean, you, have to, you go to San Francisco's downtown right now, and it, it's like a zombie apocalypse. I mean, there's just not people going. I mean, you come to New York, and I'm like, wow, all the people on the street enjoying the city. It depends on where you are. Okay, okay. <laughs> to be fair. But we're talking about large parts of San Francisco. This is a, the epicenter of the AI boom. This is a major te- This is the tech capital of the world, and it's been turned over to open-air drug scenes, open-air drug dealing, uh, all run by drug cartels. I mean, it's just as bad as people imagine. You know, the latest, you know, as we as we were talking about before, is that there's actually we've now discovered there's feces that cover um, so many of San Francisco's streets, uh, in part because of all of the homeless drug addicts. There you go. Just to Mm -hmm. give you an example, what's going on. But it's interesting because London Breed's doing what a lot of Democrats do. Now, that's what they're doing right now. They're talking about how all the things that liberals have proposed are wrong, and then they go back and say, we're going to do something about it, and they go back and do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. 
that they just said is the wrong thing to do. Yep. And we see it across the board. I mean, yep. defund the police, right? Yep. Yep. Over and over uh, again. Le- legal Legalizing drugs. Right. The, and, the, enabling the homeless. Right. And so now you have a society where in all these major cities, not only do you have a rise in crime, you have also the DAs that they put into place that are saying, no, we're not going to go after them. And if anybody gets arrested, we're going to do bail reform and we're going to put them back on the street quickly, further endangering our citizens. And it, it, it's and then you have the the mindset or the culture that is created by all of this in, in that people don't want to serve in law enforcement in those cities anymore. So I don't know where the fix is before those cities are just completely void of people. How many individuals leaving the Bay Area alone? And it's not just tech workers that are leaving that area. You have companies that are saying it's not safe for our employees to work here anymore. We can't stay here. We're closing our doors. These are all these major decisions over and over again because of these policies that were promoted and put in place by the left. You know, I I love, uh, you know, how Schellenberger says that, you know, they live in this delusional bubble. They don't go down there. Yeah, but they're saying the words. It's almost as if they're yeah. just saying words, right. but the words don't even mean anything to right. them. Right. All right, say these words today that, you know, compassion is, uh, you know, compassion is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is killing us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not compassion, number one. It's enabling. Mm-hmm. That's not compassionate. Right. And, but, but, they, but they throw all this stuff out that what they've been doing is wrong, and as you said, she said the same thing a year and a half ago and then did nothing about it and set up a place right across the street where you dealers can come and sell their drugs. Right. And then she's like, it's not working. Let's continue to do the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just and it is the epitome of where liberalism is today. And I think maybe hopefully the country's waking up to it. I don't know how you couldn't if you see what has happened to places like San Francisco and 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 Portland? I I don't know how you can and and parts of L.A. and parts of New York. I don't know how you can't wake up and say this is just wrong. We have to do something. Mm-hmm. We have to do something different. You know they don't. If you look at it, you know you look at these DAs and what they're doing. No, they they don't. You know, they don't care. You see, Sanctuary Cities is another one. Yeah. Sanctuary Cities, Sanctuary Cities, Sanctuary Cities. Okay. You're a sanctuary? All right. Well, then, be a sanctuary. Here you go. No, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's just like, do you even know where the hell you stand on any issue? Or is it just, we just speak words that sound good and never think about the reality of, of if what we're saying actually comes to fruition. Well, we're virtue signaling the very virtues we don't even possess or support. (laughs) That's how backwards that whole thing is. I know. You should be thanking the governors that are sending people there. Those people, by the way, are choosing to go there. We have to remind folks that it's not that they're being forced to go 
to any of these cities. Those are cities that set up sanctuary policy. And now you've got Adams asking the court for relief. Please reverse what we did. Yeah. If I'm I'm a judge in that situation, no. Go back to the city. Work with your other city leaders, your city council, and you guys change it. Yeah, your city council made it a sanctuary city. I'm a judge. I can't reverse it. I'm doing nothing about this. You made this. You can undo it. You and your party did it. You may not have been mayor then, but your party did it. And you won election. So you need to go and you need to talk to the city council. But, of course, they can't do that. They have the power. They have the control. Just like we talked in uh, California, the legislative body and the governor's office, majority Democrat, why haven't they done reparations yet? Well, because they know they can't have that discussion. Because the numbers are all over the place, and it doesn't matter what you throw out. It's not going to be enough, number one. And number two, they'll never be able to pay for it, and they know it. As it's been pointed out, nothing is stopping the Democrats' control. They've got a supermajority. The Republicans aren't even involved in it. No. The Democrats could provide the reparations of $5 million, 360000 $1.2 million, $7.6 million, or $200 million per eligible recipient. Yep. They refuse to do so. They've been promising that you would get this social justice for the longest time. And finally, when you start coming up with numbers and numbers on the low end that were presented uh, of, of all the possibilities to Gavin Newsom, and he says, well, it's never really been about money. It's only been about money. Of course it is about money. And and every single instance on everything that they stand for, when they get what they want, then they don't wish to pay for it. It's We've been saying this for so long. It just makes my bald spot hurt. But for the Democrats that live in those jurisdictions, cities or states, that are controlled by Democrats. The crime is so over the top. Conditions are so bad, and it, it's so costly to live where you live, and it's overwhelmingly Democrat-controlled. This is a choice. If you support those in power, you are part of that choice. You make that choice to live in those conditions. You know, we said that something that we've said all the time, that everything we see in this country right now is because of the choices that we've made. We were happy that DeSantis used that yesterday. Yes. But it really is. Sanctuary City is a choice. It is. To fund the police, a choice. The rising o- crime is a choice as open, a result of it. Open-air drug markets is a choice. Yep. Letting dealers sell drugs on the street is a choice. Uh, DAs being elected that will not enforce the law and allow criminals back in the street is a choice. Uh, borders, I just saw where Biden, uh, the Biden administration released thousands of illegal immigrant criminals 
back onto the streets of yeah. the United States. Yeah. That is a choice. Yep. That's what we're facing. We're not facing a threat from outside of this country. Nope. It's not because somebody has attacked us. It's not a natural disaster. It's because this is what the Democratic Party wanted to do. What we are living right now is their platform. Yep. 86690 Red Eye. A near normal Atlantic hurricane season is expected in 2023. The administrator of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Rick Spinrad, provides the numbers from this year's Atlantic Hurricane Outlook. There is a 40% chance of a near-normal season, a 30% chance of an above-normal season, and a 30% chance of a below-normal season. As for the range of storms expected in 2023... NOAA calls for the fall. 12 to 17 named storms with top winds of at least 39 miles per hour. Of these, 5 to 9 are forecast to become hurricanes with maximum winds of at least 74 miles per hour. NOAA Climate Prediction Center lead hurricane forecaster Matthew Rosencrantz provides the whys for this prediction. The interplay between the El Nino and the favorable conditions across the Atlantic, not just the sea surface temperatures, but as well as the wind patterns and the shear patterns. It's kind of like a clash between those two features. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara. I think the biggest story in the whole debt ceiling debate uh, is really not. I mean, I know the media, you know, are we going to go into default or not? That's not happening. We're not going into default. And that's going to be settled. The biggest thing I see here is actually the political story of the media just revolting. 
yeah over yeah. president uh president biden mm. the media is going crazy and some democratic you know congress people too just furious that he's taking off for a three-day weekend while this right. is going on but what they're really angry about is kevin mccarthy and the republicans as one democrat said is coming across as reasonable because they are and the president is nowhere to be found just listen to this back and forth between Katie Tour of MSNBC and Ben LeBolt, the Biden communications director. Why have we heard so much from Kevin McCarthy and his lieutenants on this? We hear from them multiple times a day, and we've heard so little directly from the president, directly from the White House. I know you're on today. We appreciate it. Why aren't we hearing every day from the president at length, talking to reporters or out in the stump? Talking about how this is a well, bad idea to default. I mean, if you just watch television or read any newspaper or newsletter, you'll see a ton from Republicans and from some Democratic lawmakers and not so much from the White House other than memos. We're focused on driving towards an outcome here, Katie, and I don't think that's wholly accurate. You've heard from the president this discussion beginning March 9th. He's been out there at least once a week on this. Uh, he held Kevin a full McCarthy's press out conference. There multiple times a day. He held, he's out yeah, there once a week. That's, that's, a, that's a disparity. That's, he's, he's, a yeah. member of, he's a member of Congress, right? Members of Congress hold press conferences multiple times a day. The president has you a don't few steps to walk over to the press briefing room and a number of reporters. I mean, he walks to, you to, to leave the White House. I don't, you, you see where this is going, yep. right? I mean, it's just... Yep. It's just Yep. Well, wait a minute, once a week, they're, they're out there five times a day. McCarthy's out there constantly talking. That's the pro- problem. Uh, and McCarthy has been effective in the, the style that he has is actually working. The polls show it and the media sees it. And one of the things is, too, they don't have any talking points. They're not. I, yeah, the, they and, and the media is dependent on the Democratic Party. Remember, they're political activists. They want to be told what to do. They had a system. They had it built up uh, over the years uh, as liberal activists. They show up. A liberal administration gives them their talking points to take out and take to their viewers and readers. And they're not getting that at all. And they are not happy. And he's Eric Harley. I'm Gary McNamara. Oh man, I'm 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 telling you, I'm just laughing because we started the week on on Monday, and I was talking about that when I went golfing a week ago on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I went on Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, and afterwards, uh, you know, we uh, we went for a beer in the clubhouse. And it was funny because the guys that we were golfing with said, man, now we got to make decisions. What beer are we allowed to drink? It was so funny. We were just dying laughing. It's like, okay, can't have a Bud Light, right? No. Yeah. Uh, what about Mick Light? No, nah, they're Anheuser-Busch too. Really? How many is Anheuser-Busch? And all of a sudden I look and it's, they've got beer on tap. And I'm like, what's, is that eight stuff, the Troy Aikman stuff? And the bartender said, yeah. Mm. And I said, what's that like? He said, the best light beer that there is. I'm like, oh, okay, you're a good bartender. (laughs) Right.
or a good salesman for that beer. Yeah. For uh, yeah, exactly for that for you know for the beer. And I said, okay, so I'll have one. It was actually really, really good. Mm. And you and I actually on Monday, and, and I talked about it, and I said, uh, you know, we went to the website, went to the the eight website, and we're just, you know, we're we're a beer for hardworking people, and we brew with integrity, and we're like, yeah, that's this is how you sell beer. Well, Troy Aikman's been making the rounds this week, and he. And he's been making the rounds with the media. Now, eight is only sold in Texas, hmm. I guess, right now. And I, I haven't yet told any of my Buffalo uh, Bills friends that I drank an eight beer. I don't know if that's allowed or not. <laughs> huh. So I may be getting into trouble sports-wise for having one last week. But <laughs> Troy, Troy Aikman put out a a uh, Twitter uh, video here, very short, hmm. only 16 seconds long. Sort of the way that you really should be marketing beer. Yeah. Here it is. Everyone's talking about beer companies these days, but nobody's talking about beer. I started eight with the goal of creating a company dedicated to making really great light beer. No agenda, no distractions, just great f***ing beer. There you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> great commercial. And then in the the actual uh, uh, tweet he has, lately there's been a lot of talk about beer companies and not enough about uh, conversation about what really matters, the beer itself. Some brands are taking shortcuts to gain consumers. We're committed to producing a first-class product, no hidden agendas, no distractions. Come join Team 8. Now, by the way, this is not an endorsement. We just, <laughs> of, of any beer. We're not looking to get free beer. Yes, no, wait a we're not looking for... Hold on. <laughs> oh, but, wait a minute. We Bud, wouldn't argue with someone who wanted to give us free beer, but well, that's not the point. Well, of, Bud Light is. Yeah, what? Giving you free beer if you want free beer. Yeah. <laughs> They're giving free beer. They're yeah, no beer. thanks. They're giving beer away. Yeah. Oh, man. And <laughs> they can't just, even give it away. It's like you and I were talking about authenticity in, in beer marketing. <laughs> Less carbs, more drunk. By the way, call Uber, and if you believe you have an alcohol problem, yeah. here's a number of AA. This is our beer. It's cold and bubbly, and man, it really, really tastes great. So now you know every reporter is going to attempt to find Troy Aikman and make him take a stand on an issue. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this? Uh, my answer would be, this is a really great tasting beer. I want to talk about eight. Be- I'd, I was, <laughs> if you come at me, I'm only going to be looking for free advertisement. What do you think about it? I think eight beer is terrific. Sold in Texas. <laughs> Drink responsibly. With all organic hops. Don't be a loser. Was- Call Uber. You know, it's. Not that hard. Not that hard at all. And and then I read this headline, and I'm sorry, I you know, I and I started out the show with this. I said it's Idiot Friday. Mm. Because when I read the headline, Target CEO defends pride display adjustments while vowing LGBTQ support. This has been a very hard day. I burst out laughing, I go, 
So you're riding the tightrope. What you're going to say is, well, no, we have we have taken some of the products we were selling from the Pride Display off, which were the center of the controversy, but we still support the LGBTQ. You know what else is a hard day? When you have to update your resume. <laughs> but the stupidity after seeing what Bud Light has gone through that you believe you're arrogant to believe, no, I can do this and then reverse it and I can survive. Now now everybody hates you. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's where Bud Light finds themselves <laughs> right. right now. Right. Everybody, nobody likes them. Right. The moment they tried to take a turn, ah, 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 get right back here. Yeah. Okay, well, now we hate you. Everybody hates you. Way to go. And the Dodgers did the same thing, except they flipped twice. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to win it. You're not going to win it with anybody. You know what you win? Come buy our product. We think it's yeah. the best product in the world. End of story. You stay out of it. I, I, is is this the lesson that kills DEI, ESG? By the way, we're not talking any ingredients in Chinese food. No additives. Yeah. Organic only. <laughs> no DEI. Kramer. And extra MSG. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, quite possibly, because if you don't learn from this, then, and you believe it's still a good idea to go woke, good luck. Good luck. You saw, I saw uh, the headline, a conservative investment firm said, bye-bye Target. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't trust that you're going to make decisions that are sound right. in the future. This isn't the first time yeah, with Target. That's a great point. Yep. Yeah, there's a pattern. And they had to back away from the whole bathroom thing back when that happened. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, it's like, okay, you touched the fire. You got burned. Fair enough. The second time, it's, oh, this is a pattern. You didn't learn. And then especially at the end of the, you know, at, after the turn on the second time, the CEO's trying to play both sides. It's a very hard day. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because this isn't measured in one day. It wasn't measured in one day with Bud Light. It just keeps getting worse. You know, we did this way back with, uh, you know, Starbucks, even before the whole... Come talk to a barista about race. Yeah, let's talk race. <laughs> now, now they're sitting in the boardroom. Now, listen, now they're now they're close. Now they're close. A few years later, now they're. Who would ever thought if I would have told you, Eric? In eight years, Starbucks will be closing down Starbucks to unionize. Well, well, it's, it's like it's, exactly. It's you know they're sitting in the boardroom back then. All right, listen. I came in. I was on the way in. I stopped and got my almond to- toffee, roca coco, mocha flavor decaf, and <laughs> I, I had an idea. <laughs> this is this is going to go over so well. Everyone will love this. What we're going to talk something. I want to have a national conversation about a topic that everybody loves talking about. 
People are begging us to talk about this. What is it? Race. Race. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say race? So let's because if you don't mean NASCAR, what is wrong with you? Unless you mean NASCAR, <laughs> what is? And this is Starbucks. You don't mean NASCAR. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know what it's like. Uh, Bill Burr's latest stand-up special at the end. Mm-hmm. He's at uh, Red Rock. And oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty great, good. It's great a place very, to do a show. Any yeah. Show. Oh yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, Nate Bargatze's gonna. I think he's recording there, but he's gonna do Red Rock coming up soon, very soon. Uh, but yeah, that'd be a great place to see a comedy show. Anyway, so at the end of it, he goes, "Listen, I know you guys. You know what you think of me and the whole thing." And, and, you know, and I'm, we're always going back and forth on this stuff that I talk about. And somebody end this show. Thank you for coming out. I'm going to end the show on something that is not controversial at all. And then he does a 10 minute bit on abortion (laughs) And, and made some very conservative leaning arguments within that humor. Oh, yeah. It was, it, 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 but but that's that's the mindset there at, at Starbucks back when that all that happened. Listen, this is going to bring people together. N- no, it's not. You know, I, I would tell you one thing though, because you know we we've talked about conservative talk radio for the most part has stayed strong in promoting. Uh, I think, uh, and I'm including all conservative talk radio, so I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Much more of the truth mm-hmm. uh, than than the uh, than anywhere anyone else, mm. but I do think what really helped there there were there are two points. I think that Chappelle really helped give a lot of other people in the media, and you know, and and I don't mean necessarily conservative media, but just even liberals that looked at where the left is going and say this is insane. You know, now people like Bill Burr were out there doing it, but I think he even got a higher profile after Chappelle did it. And then after the Leah Thomas thing, when Riley Gaines came out, that sort of blew open the doors. Yeah. At that point. And now you have more people willing to, you know, because now it's almost like it's a bandwagon. It's become culturally acceptable. And this happens in society all the time. Whenever the oppression gets too great, you know, there's a bunch of, and, and then I think the Bud Light thing, which mm-hmm. surprised the daylights out of me. It really mm-hmm. did. I did not expect that that was going to be the thing that really started the uh, mass attacks at the insanity of the liberal activist transgender movement. Well, the idea that you, again, inserted yourself Radical, into those private conversations that people have when they're having a beer. Uh, and then also turn your brand into really a pride flag and asking people to carry that flag. Well, that's not why people have a beer. Maybe some of them do where they sit down and talk about those things, but you're not a part of that. You're just the centerpiece at the table. You're not part of the conversation and you shouldn't believe that you are like Starbucks. I, don't right. tell me what I need to be talking about, what interests me. It may be. I may be talking about that, but you're going to make my coffee 
and then I'm going to go talk about it. You don't have a place in that conversation. I guess my point was that stand-up comedy has at times really started the change in in movements. Yeah, it really and and I really do think that Chappelle was the one that got not that it wasn't being done on a local level, but Chappelle was the one that really got it going. Conservative talk radio was doing it, mm-hmm. but the the popular culture sort of expects it. Yeah. And so right. I you know, the conservative talk radio is that we were doing it, but there's sort of an expectation that there's always going to be that. But when you break into the mass popular culture outside of the political genre, as we probably are viewed as, mm-hmm. it just blew the door right o- wide open. Yeah, I think it also, you know, brought to the surface a lot of things, you know, than Schellenberger and, yeah, and Twitter yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. else. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, uh, you know, just Bill Maher. Uh, mainstream podcast yeah. like a, a Joe Rogan yeah. changes the conversation, too, where other people are listening to it that wouldn't listen to a political podcast right. or show. And that changes conversations. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Memorial Day and the remembrance of those Americans that gave the... uh, Ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And died for everything that we have here today. All the freedoms that we uh, have. There's always going to be challenges and major challenges in this country. But we have the Constitution because, and, and it's still there today because of those that were willing to make that ultimate sacrifice. So just remember that here on uh, on Memorial Day. Certainly. And... and uh I know that our audience knows this, but it's always important also to uh, do what we can, everything that we can, to carry those freedoms on and preserve them. Otherwise, those sacrifices, mm-hmm. those lives uh, are not honored properly, and they should always be honored. And uh, Gary, safe travels. We'll Thanks. see you back here Monday yep. night. Yep. Everybody have a great weekend. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.